This episode contains adult language, mature situations, yokai of all shapes and sizes, old folk tales, historical information, the co-founder of manga, and the origin and revitalization of yokai in modern pop culture. Listener discretion is advised. ゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲゲ
there's a lot of guests that are going to be there. You also have the Runaways panel, which I'm excited because I hope that they do justice with it because Netflix has kicked ass so far and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been kind of meh. However, Marvel hopefully does a great job with Runaways and with Cloak and Dagger. We're going to see. Speaking of Netflix, you also have the Punisher panel, which I'm surprised they're still running it even though you had that shooting a couple days ago in Las Vegas. But, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Anyway, I digress a little bit. Because today I am excited. Now you're probably wondering, why is Zan excited today? Um, oh, finally, before I forget, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrecon.com. You can email us at spyrecon.gmail.com. I am at Zan at spyrecon.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Stitcher, iTunes, and all those other lovely social media sites. And if you want to be, do something cool, leave us a comment and a star rating at iTunes so I know you guys are still interested and you guys still like the podcast. Now that that's out of the way, I can start geeking out because one of the most influential series in manga history was spun on that one that only the Wheel of Manga, and that was what dictates me to review this week, and I am excited for it because this series is so, it's actually really influential and really cool. The history behind it is amazing, and well, let's get right to it, shall we? So... Like I said in the last episode, I spun the wheel of manga and the dictator and together be reviewing a manga which was written by arguably the co-father of manga itself, Shigeru Mizuki, who unfortunately died on my birthday in 2015. However, he is a mangaka who, besides writing several novels and mangas about various different subjects from history to life to folk tales, He's also an individual who served his country in the military in, if you read the story Showa, which is a great manga series, I'm going to review it eventually, however it depicts his feelings about World War II, he ended up losing his dominant arm, and then after he lost his dominant arm, then he became a mangaka, so if anyone says they can't do it, well, he's proof that you can do it no matter what happens, no matter what horrible things happen to you, you can do it. You just have to push hard enough, and you have to strive to be the best that you can be. And one of the most important things that he had shown us is from some series that he has written. Now, more importantly than that, when he was a young man, Shigeru Mizuki was entertained by Kamishibai, which is paper theater. Now, this is for TV and radio, or comic books, or internet. And what would happen is these artists would create these characters and stories in painting form, and then they'd wander the countryside bringing the stories to life. If you've ever seen Yamshiba, the horror anthology, that's parodying it a little bit. Now, these wandering storytellers would go from town to town, and these and children would anticipate when the next person would show up and have the next chapter in the story that they're listening to. Like, for example, there was this skull-faced organ bat who had a big red cape and he had a secret headquarters in the Alps and everyone loved him. And one of the most popular stories that Shigeru Mizuki loved was actually the story of a yokai. Now, for those of you who know yokai from Yokai Watch, that's a very saturated and very simplistic version of what yokai actually are. Now, to explain what yokais are, they are ghosts, bizarre creatures that weird occurrences happen. If you're if you remember my review of Mushishi, that's similar to what yokai are. 
they're weird occurrences. Like if you hear footsteps behind you, that's a yokai. If you see weird shapes outside your window, that could be a yokai. Uh, weird feelings you have, those are yokai. And they influence a lot of various moods and temperatures and weird situations. There are some which are truly horrific. Like, for example, there's a yokai that while you sleep will cut your leg and give you pins and needles. There's a story of the yokai woman who walks around the streets wearing a mask. And if she bumps into you, she'll move her mask and her face is all screwed up. And she'll ask you if she's beautiful. And depending on how she answers, either she's going to kill you, eat you, or take you away. Or if you answer correctly, she'll leave you alone. There's another yokai that what he will do is... If you're on a boat, he'll show up and start filling your boat with water with a spoon. Ask for a spoon to fill you up. And the trick is you have to have a spoon with holes in it. That's why you have a spoon with holes on the boat. So he can't fill up the boat. It's this weird, interesting, whole, unique, just mythology. If you have a chance, Charles Denbar runs an amazing yokai panel at most cons. If you have a chance, check it out. It is truly informative and very amazing. There are lots of stories about yokai. And... Well, I digress, but the story that was most interesting to Shigeru Mizuki was about a ghost mother called Ubume, or Kosodate uh, Yurai. That's a child-rearing ghost, and the story is that there's a woman who died while pregnant, and she was buried with a living baby while still inside of her, and because she's a good mother, every night... She'd rise from the grave, buy candy and treats for her little child, and then eventually people started noticing this, and they dug up her grave, and they found the ghost mother's baby alive inside the grave, like was born. And there's lots of weird stories about this. And what happened was that there's this story called Hakaba Kitaro. It's about this boy born in a graveyard. His parents met some unjust fate, and Katara was cursed by their legacy. He was a monster, terrible to behold. You know, his teeth jetted out of his mouth like planks of wood. One of his eyes was huge and seemed like it was trying to escape his head. His hair was wild and crazy, and he kind of looked a little bit like the hunchback of Notre Dame, Quasimodo. And this was a story that was just as popular as Organ Bat, and storytellers went all over Japan telling the story of this bizarre yokai boy, Graveyard Kitaro. And in 1960, Shigeru Mizuki, for, in a series published by Kodansha, it's a shonen series that lasts until 1969, there's nine volumes, there's also several animated series, live action movies, there is an adaptation that has been released several times in different medias, it even has been released as a side character in the Yokai Watch series. Like in the new Yokai Watch movie, which is coming out in December, Kitaro's gonna show up, which is really cool. If you go to Japan, there is actually the Mizuki Road, which is dedicated to this character and his love with Yokai. And what I'm talking about is Gegege no Ketaro, Ketaro of the Graveyard. More specifically, I am gonna be reviewing the Drawn and Quarterly's Kitaro, the Birth. Of Ketaro and the series The Great Tanuki War and some of the other anthologies they've released. Now, to explain Gegege no Ketaro, originally this was a rental series, and I kind of explained a little bit of it, but he cleaned it up a little bit. 
it went from being this very horrible series about this boy who's cursed by his parents to that once upon a time in a graveyard far, far away, a little yokai boy dug his way up from under the dirt and into the world that didn't understand him. He was the last living member of the Yurai Zoku, the ghost tribe, a race of monsters that once freely roamed the earth until they were chased underground by humans. The ghost tribe slowly died off until only two members remained. A husband and wife who hid themselves in an abandoned temple. Desperate to save their baby, they reached out to a human who they hoped would help them. And that's how the story of Kitaro began. Kitaro's parents died, and then he woke up in a grave, pulled himself out. And the cool part is that his dad, his dad died. However, because of the power of the ghost tribe, his dad kind of regenerated in a really weird way. His dad became the Madama Oyaji. Like, the only part of his body that survived was his eye. So, the eyeball sprouted legs and, and arms and became the eyeball dad, who raised Ketaro and taught him the ways of being a yokai. Well, the member of the ghost tribe. And he, the series are all about Ketaro and Madama Oyaji and some of his other friends as they interact with various yokais and what they deal with. The first version of this, which is really cool, goes into the origin of Kitaro, then him going around with his dad and learning about the yokai world and interacting with different yokais. For example, he interacts with Nizumi Otoko, the rat man. This is a guy that you constantly see in Shigeru Mizuki works. He's in Hitler, he's in Showa, he's in Onto the Noble Front. He's in a lot of his series, and he's a very, well, he's a guy who wears a dirty robe, he's got buck TV, looks like he has whiskers, and he's kind of a jerk. He's constantly scamming people, and he tries to be, he's like a Peter Pettigrew character if he was thin. And he's constantly scamming people, and Kitaro is the one who actually will try to stop him through various ways or teach him a lesson. And the first one that they have in this new series is that he's ripping people off so much that Kitaro decides to set him up with a girl because Nizumi Otoko is getting lots of money. So he's like, you know, you want to find a girl? I know a girl who could help you out. And the girl that he finds is the Neko Muzumi, the cat girl. And as you know, cats eat mice. So uh, when they meet, he's like, oh, you're so cute. He's like, oh, you're so cute. You're so pretty. And then Neko Muzumi says, I smell a mouse. I'm going to eat you. Rawr. And then Kitaro's like, I can get rid of her, but you have to give all the money back. And that's how it works. So you have you have that story. You have uh, what is that one called? It's called the uh, the Nope Rago. He's the yokai that eats faces. You have the Tanukis. You have uh, what is this one called? The uh, the Kyoki. They're like these parasites that infect victims after death and move from body to body to live forever. And it goes over all these different yokai. And at the end of the volume, it actually goes over each yokai. It goes over the gyoki, goes over the kami, goes over the buraburu, the makura gaishi, the hidarigama, and the nozuchi. It actually has a bunch of little games at the end of it. And it shows your yokai knowledge. And it's really good for kids. It makes... These monsters not as scary as they could be. And I find it really fascinating and really fun because this 
anthology, besides being this really little spooky comic that's a little bit satirical, that's fun, it embraces this world that Shigeru Mizuki loved, and it makes you want to dive right into it. It makes you interested in this weird world where you have this kid with one eye who saves the day. And I just... I know I'm geeking out about this series. I know I am, but it's I want to just express how amazing it is. The artwork is dated, don't get me wrong. It's written in 1960, so it looks a little kind of shock value, pulp comic-y. However, it fits this world and it just it evolves and you see how it has ended up influencing so many other works that have been written about yokai and about monsters in general. Like I said, if you look at Mushishi, Mushishi you could see as a offshoot of the yokai world. Yokai Watch, all the yokai who show up, they show up in this series, but this is their actual version of it. The Oni, the Buddha Buddha, they show up in Yokai Watch, but they're actually originating here. And this series has had a lot of different translations over time. Uh, when it was released in Shonen Magazine, it was originally a rental manga because they thought it was too scary for children. And then 67 was renamed Gekigen no Ketaro. And it's been re-released originally in the United States by Ralph F. McCarthy. And that was the Kodansha Bilingual Comics version. That one you could find. However, the newest version, uh, which is a compilation volume of the different selected manga chapters from the 60s, was released, like I said, by Drawing Cornley. It was translated by Zach Davidson. If you see him at a convention, he's really cool to talk to. You can talk to him about all the different yokai and how he translated it. Also, Matt Alt wrote the introduction in the first compilation volume of this and right now there's three versions there's gonna be more and i can't tell you how awesome it is it's really cool it is not in order but you don't have to read it in order it's similar to how blackjack was how each one is an insular story or if they are a set like a a longer story it's pretty much three chapters that's it like the great turkey war only covers a third of the manga Tankobam, that volume. The rest is some other stories about uh, Nekzumi Otoko pulling a scam or them walking around. Or There's this one where actually Ketaro loses his hair because of a weird ghost that shows up. There's also one which is really unusual about salarymen who end up getting hoodwinked by Nezumi Otoko. He says, oh, the yokai bus will come and take you on the seventh floor. They'll give you a manuscript. Then I'm going to hold you ransom. And it's like, wait, what the hell? But... It fits because it's almost a weird folk story. A tall tale or something you read at night. So, as you can probably guess, I'm going to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze your eyes, swell up in your soul before it to the great Zoma Gustar. It's a really fun read. If you have a chance, check it out. If you have a little person in your life, this is a really good one. To read for him, it's not too scary. It's a little scary, but not too much. Now, if you watch the anime, there's actually two different anime series. There is Gegege no Ketaro, and there's also Hakaba no Ketaro. Don't watch Hakaba no Ketaro. That's Tales of the Crypt-esque. And what I mean by that is, it is like the evil Ketaro. The one who literally is a trickster who will try to get rid of people. That's not the one you want to watch or read. 
You want to read the one Gegege no Ketaro by Shigeru Mizuki. That's the one you want. I don't know what else I could say. I just... Well, you know what? That's all there is to say because this is a great series. If you have a chance, read it. Now, with that in mind, let's get to that part we've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only... Unfortunately, I can't do it as good as I used to. My voice has been kind of shot lately, but hopefully I'll be able to get the strength after this convention to rock it out and do a wheel of manga that is truly epic and amazing, especially when I'm reviewing it, but I digress. So, it is the one and only wheel of manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with 10 slots on it. What we're going to do is we're going to spin that one that only the wheel of manga. And whenever I know my land on this reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 202. 22. We've got some great titles on here besides one about Gengaru Girls. We got a Ninja Girl one. We got one about gangsters. We got one about, well, it's a bar and one about college students. What about cooking food? What about boxing? And what about candy? And also one about just being a salary lady and getting drunk and eating good food. So we're going to spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode of the Spire Kamon Review. Wish us luck. Number four. Okay, that's pretty awesome. So, in the next episode of the Spire Combined, we episode 222, we are going to be reviewing a manga about two disabled individuals who are involved with a mafia. This could be seen as the spiritual sequel to Black Lagoon. It might be, might not be. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Gangsta. So, can't wait to talk about that next episode. We're going to see how it goes. Either way. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you want to hear any other ones, go to www.sparker.com. Check out my Twitter to see what else is going on during New York Comic Con. And if you go to New York Comic Con, definitely check me out. I'm going to be cosplaying as Lupin the Third and also as Spider-Man. Well, one of the versions of Spider-Man at the Spider-Man meetup. And I'm excited because I've been working on this cosplay for a while and I hope it does really well. Yeah, tell me how it looks. I'll post it in the review when I review it. Anyway. I think that's it for this episode. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time.
que no queda.